Tom Parry. Yeah, Matthew Boyle. How do you feel about farming? Uh, I don't like Farming Simulator, I can tell you that. No? No, can't stand it. What about Truck Driving Simulator? Um, Probably similar feeling towards that as well. What about Goat Simulator? That I can... Uh, that, I, that I do enjoy. Is there a simulator simulator? I imagine so. Okay, good. Let's try and simulate a podcast. It's called Tom That Tag. How's it going, Matt? You all right? Not too bad. Yeah. I was wondering where I was going with that bit, but I got yeah. there in the end. Yeah. It was all right. Yeah. Thank it wasn't you. our best, but... Ah, I mean, you know, it, it can't be a song every time, but I mean, it, it beats me saying, oh, we haven't done a podcast in a while, even though it's only been two weeks. So, there it is. We've just been uh, chatting about uh, Nintendo Direct and the amount of farming simulators in that, so uh, hence yeah. <laughs> why we're on the topic. I'm just going to shut the window. Okay, you can do that. I'm I'm just going to mention up front here that it has been a busy week in the Boyle household, and so I have not really seen the Nintendo Direct, nor have I seen the state of play. I've, of course, read the headlines. I've seen the list of things. And to be honest with you, it was like, oh, that sounds good. Oh, I forgot that was coming out. Oh, they're making a Pikmin 4. But beyond that, I was like, I didn't really hear enough mm. in the stuff that was announced for me to rush out and then spend like the the hour and a half it would take for me to catch up. But you are a fan of JRPGs, so I think you would have got a lot from that Nintendo. Uh, Suiki, what's that called? Suiki Den. What's it called? So a Suiki Den is coming (laughs) is coming out. You you weren't that far off to be fair. Suiki Den. I used to call it for years Psycho Den. Um, before I had heard anything but Suiki Den. Um, mm. Yeah, one and two is coming out. That's nice. Because um, they're expensive games, aren't they? Do you own them or? I own both of them. Wow. Well, actually, I own all of them, bar number th- number five. I don't have. I don't have Suicune Five that. on the PS Five on the PS Two, and I don't have. Oh shit! There's one on the DS that I can't remember the name of. It's supposed to be all right, but I don't. There's so many. Who do those? That series? they are Konami. Co- Co- Konami. Oh right, yeah. Yes, Coco Konami. Um, I'm not they, surprised Konami is sort of going back to their older titles and remastering them. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's clearly working for Square Enix, who forced me into buying a copy of Live Alive. Um, because well, of... and uh, Namco Bandai as well. They, they did the Klonoa games and also uh, Pac-Man World mm-hmm. as well recently. Yeah. And JoJo as well, re-released uh, JoJo, um, that one from the PS3. Yes. All-Star Battle. I think so. That that rings a bell. Something like that. That yeah, came out I, recently. Yeah, but I mean, this is the thing, right? A lot of the games that are getting re-released, unless it is a game like Live Alive that has never been localised, I probably own on some format, and so I'm not that... I will probably buy them, don't get me wrong. I really like the Sikadon games. Um, Sikadon mm. 2 especially is a fucking very good JRPG. Um, I will buy it. I will probably go cool. I'll put it on a shelf. But I don't know if I've got 
60, yeah. 70 hours to sink into playing an RPG I've already played no. at this point. I think, I think they bargain on people having put away their old consoles, don't they? And or rather than the get games. them out, and rather than them getting them out again, or, you know, or let's just buy it on the new console. Or they may have sold them, as you say. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other things stood out from that? We've got a God of War sequel that looks like a God of War sequel, I suppose. I mean, I liked God of War. I'll play it. <laughs> uh, that that was pretty big. That was a big one, or at least one of the big ones that Sony showed off. Gosh. Uh, Bayonetta 3, there's quite a lot of that. There's yeah, also that was... a gameplay um, video elsewhere that you could watch. Yeah, that was a weird thing. Um, I did hear a lot of speculation through listening to other podcasts and stuff that that was because that was a a Peggy 18 rating because of some of the stuff oh, in sure. that trailer. That's why they didn't have it in the direct. Okay. Oh, the big one, Zelda's got a name, but they didn't really show much of it. I mean, I'm fine with Zelda... Everyone has been calling it Breath of the Wild 2, and so Tears of the Kingdom, which is the actual name of Breath of the Wild yeah. 2, has not really stuck in my head very much. No. Although it will become, you know, more uh, popular. I'm sure it will. I mean, <laughs> the, the name, you know, people will start referring to it as that eventually. Yeah, but I mean, they should have just taken the Square Enix route and called Octopath Traveler 2. Like, mm. they should have just called it Breath of the Wild 2. I... Uh, yeah, Nintendo have never done that with Zelda, have they? Oh, they have. Zelda 1, Zelda 2. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then I then mean, they even, stopped. Didn't they stop at Link's, that point? Even Link to the Past was originally called Zelda 3 for a long time. So Fair enough. I, I quite like numbered sequels. I find it gets very confusing later down the line, especially with Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2. Well, well, I mean, yeah, that's especially confusing because they've already called a game Modern Warfare, <laughs> isn't it? Like, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare or Call of Duty Modern Warfare, especially when you start getting into sequels of that. But now we've got Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which yes. is just exactly the same as Modern Warfare 2. Yes. Mm. It's very confusing. Speaking of numbered sequels, I've already mentioned Pikmin 4 is going to be a thing. I would like to play that. I like mm. Pikmin games. I tried to you play played Pikmin them Bloom, all. and it was terrible. So, Oh, yes. They did devote quite a, a lengthy portion of the Direct to Pikmin Bloom. How did you feel about that? The momentum really did uh, t- take a, t- a well, turn Well, I mean, there. it's very clear to me, right, as someone who, who reads a lot of articles about Nintendo, that Miyamoto feels like he's opposed to Pokemon Go despite playing Pokemon Go and it kind of feels like he's made a a location based game for him and his friends who like Pokemon Go and it's generally about walking and nature which is fun, it's fine but I, in all honesty I felt like playing Pikmin Bloom that I was actually distracting myself from the nature around me and I was like I don't want to play this, this is not fun, like if, if I want no, to go No the game has walk, to be fun in order for you to your attention to be on that rather than you know wait where you are exactly i mean pokemon go is a distraction from where i am admittedly but pikmin go uh pikmin bloom sorry felt like i was doing nothing in those environments and so Mm. i i bounced off it pretty quickly i mean it's not popular is it no i try not to play pokemon go anymore when i'm out and about even though neanta keeps throwing events and doing all this other stuff if there is a new pokemon i will turn the game on i'll catch the new pokemon and i turn it Mm. off again now i just i would rather if i'm out for a walk not be distracted from the walk and actually experience the experience same here that's why i stopped playing it as well i know you play a lot more than me but i've really fallen off 
that myself. Oh dear, this is starting to sound dismal. Uh, let's talk about something more exciting. Uh, anything else uh, that you recall from those? Uh, I know you didn't watch them, but the <laughs> state of play in the uh, Nintendo I mean, Direct. There's, there's a new Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem Engage. That All sounds right. very yeah, cool. Yeah, you, you like Fire Emblem. I like Emblem. Fire Emblem. I've still Emblem. got three houses here. I'm. I. This is the thing. This is why I can't get excited about Super Nintendo. I keep. I keep buying JRPGs and I keep putting them on a pile. This is the, I yeah, really. How does anyone have time to play all those JRPGs? It they should not be releasing so many so close together. Well, I mean that that is not really for the publisher to decide, is it? If it is because they're all individual companies. You know, one thing you're not going to be able to afford because it's that kind of genre where if you're a fan of it, you are a real fan of it, aren't you? And you want to play most of what's available. Yeah. Um. They're bargaining on people just buying them and maybe playing them years down the line, I suppose. Yeah, I, I guess Because people so. will just buy them, especially if they, they dangle a special edition in front of you and say, well, this is limited. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll have to buy it then. I won't be able to play it, but I'll have to buy it. You know, yeah. Though, don't like actually, the practice. Now looking down this list, right, obviously, yes, there's GoldenEye. We can talk about that a little bit, but I'm not really oh. that bothered. Um I the one thing that I've heard no one surprisingly talking about, um, Fatal Frame: Mask of the Lunar Eclipse is finally coming to the West. Yeah. So remind us what this was originally released on. Fatal Frame Four was originally only released on the Wii in Japan. Okay, um, right. So it's a Wii port. That's interesting. It is a Wii port. Yeah. I, to my knowledge, it wasn't released on any other consoles. Um, let no. Me just I remember check that. Fatal Frame. Two getting a re-release on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, then three was just on PS2, was it? No, because yeah, three was on. No, Project Zero Three was also on the Xbox, I think. Okay, I think I've got on PS2. Yeah, I ha I have all of the Project Zero games on PS2. I I did have Project Zero One, i.e. Fatal Frame One, on the Xbox at some yeah. point. I associate that game with Xbox. Was it its first release? On no, Xbox? it was. It was on PS2. I bought oh, that right. game when it came out. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I think I might have traded in a cop- box copy of Mega Man X to get that game. So that was wow. that's a lesson in history. Um, yeah, I I love Fatal Frame. I think it's a really mm. cool series. Um, mm. The Mask of the Lunar Eclipse, if memory serves, is only on the Wii because I think Nintendo either paid for the development of it or owns this or has something with the studio or co developed it or something. It's published by Tecmo. Well, it's published by Nintendo. I thought it was like a Tecmo thing. No, Tecmo it- Koei. It is published by Nintendo and Koei Tecmo uh, Joint, but the Wikipedia oh, right. page says developers Tecmo, Nintendo, SPD, and Grasshopper manufacture. So, oh right, so Suda Fifty One had a hand in uh, the this fourth entry, which is yeah. only just getting released now. Okay, uh, he acted as co-director, co-writer, and designer according oh, to my, the Wikipedia page. Then now my curiosity is piqued. Yeah, um, but obviously, like Maidens of Blackwater as well, the the fifth game in the Fatal Frame mm. series was only on the Wii U for that very same reason. That's why it never got a port to anything else. Though I think yeah. that has since changed. It's got a port now. I think yeah. it's available on other formats. Yeah. Yeah, but I I like Fatal Frame. I will I will play cool. that game for sure. 
there are no other things that I've looked down this list really? and gone, wow, great. Like I said, GoldenEye is a big deal. The fact that yeah. people can play GoldenEye I love again. GoldenEye. I, I'm, I have already played that at leaked Xbox Live. Uh, sorry, X, yeah, it's Xbox Live, wasn't it? Version. It was Xbox Live, yeah. Um, which is fantastic. And as I understand it, that's not the version that's getting released. No, it is the original is a, N64 one. Yeah, Um I, even on the Xbox, where this is getting a, a launch also, I don't think it's the Xbox Live version. I think it's a high-res port of the N64 game. You know, uh, when you, you want to hear the kicker as well, Tom Parry. The yeah. version on the Xbox will not have online multiplayer. That will be exclusive to the Nintendo Online version. That is shocking. Well, it's because I don't think that Microsoft... like I, I've. I listened to a take on this on I think it was Nextlander that was I was like okay that makes sense. Um, Nintendo sixty four online stuff is already built into the Switch like it's there. They've made an emulator that does that for Microsoft to be able to do that. It's coming through Rare Replay. They would have to yeah, figure out how I've to make this. their N sixty four emulator online, and they're probably not going to do that just for Goldeneye. Yeah, it's um, it's a shame that the Xbox isn't getting the superior version because that updated version of GoldenEye is, does iron out any of the little creases in that game. Now, there aren't many, to be fair. It's yeah. a very well-made game to begin with. But there's stuff like in Statue, uh, one one level in particular, where the visibility is improved. There, there's more of a... helps you guide you through that level a little bit better, the way it's been slightly redesigned. Yeah. There's little things that improve that game massively even though they're only little things they make the whole playthrough a lot more enjoyable and the fact that that's not the version we're going to get it's just a, a shame and apparently it was maybe um from what i remember hearing not necessarily um microsoft or nintendo or anyone who was saying don't release that version it was uh who the licensing the bond the bond license from yeah. um, the, mm -hmm. the studio i guess whoever i forget the name I don't get it, but there you go. It's better than nothing, eh? We well, get GoldenEye I mean, on modern consoles. I heard, it's been a long time coming. I heard a phrase that I'm going to use now for now and forever when stuff like this happens um, on the same podcast. They were just like, this probably got business to death. Like They probably just mm. couldn't come to an agreement on everything else, and this is what ended up happening. They wanted to release it, they did. Like, It is what it is. Yeah. Anything for you in the state of play in particular? I mean, I'm looking. There's a new Team Ninja game announced, and you you seem well. I didn't like Neo. Is it Neo? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I played a demo of that, and it it was it's a bit like Dark Souls, isn't it? Neo? It is a bit like in, Dark in, in Souls. The, yeah. yeah it's, so it's quite punishing, and I didn't like that. What from the demo I played? If this is anything like that, I hear it's like Elden Ring in a way it's an open world uh, sort of dark souls type experience the new uh, what's it called uh, ronin or rise of the ronin rise of the ronin okay so um i'm surprised you haven't mentioned the other thing that, that i thought you would have mentioned about state of play that I... similar uh, period japanese uh, period uh, action oh game. yeah that one <laughs> speaking of um speaking of sequels that don't um have uh numbered names anymore um and this one for good reason like a dragon ishen is finally mm. getting a release in the west i am very fucking happy about it as did you, you might hear imagine. it's not running on the dragon engine apparently it's unreal 
engine. Yeah, this is what I heard. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. so were Ken, not Kenzen. Um, so was uh, the remix of one and two Kawami, I think. Okay. Because the the Dragon engine was created for six, as I understand it. Yeah. Let me. Because let me... up until that point, it was you know it needed a bit of an update, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's used that engine since. But you say those remakes of Kawami were not on Dragon Engine. I was sure that no, actually, I'm I'm talking up my ass. Everything is on Dragon Engine. I <laughs> up till re- this point, yeah. Yeah, for some reason in my head, one of the Kaiwami games wasn't on it, or was it Lost Judgment that wasn't? Hmm. Hmm. No, it says um, it says Lost. It looked great anyway. I mean, Dragon I don't, Engine. I don't think it's necessarily a problem. Uh, it looked, it looked like you expect Yakuza to look. Sorry, like a dragon. Because of course, the new branding. Well, I mean, you it know. is intentional. I, I I'm mean, sure. it's because it's called Ryoga Gotoku in yeah. Yeah. in Japan. This and I think means yeah, like a dragon. Yakuza does have negative connotations. It um, does. It put me name. off. It put me off playing that game for years. When you were just like, oh, yeah. it's like Japanese GTA. I was like, I don't fucking care. And here mm. I am, Tom Parry. I have a shrine to that series on my wall now. Yeah, so you have to start calling it uh, like a dragon now. No, I'm still going to refer to the games that are called Yakuza as Yakuza, especially <laughs> fucking Ishen, because it was released as... It, it, well, I mean, it wasn't just... It was released as uh, Ryuga Kotoku uh, Ishen. <laughs> so you've um, played this on the PS3, I have played a little bit of Ishin yeah. on the PS3, yeah. The game actually yeah. got released on the PS4 as well, and I, yeah. I have long since regretted on that last trip to Japan not picking up the PS4 version, but mm-hmm. because I also... It was... God, I think it was like 10,000 yen difference or it was a lot of money difference between the PS3 and the PS4 version when I was there and I was like, fuck this, I'm just going to buy the PS3 well, version because I think the PS4 one had only just come out. Now you've got a localised version. Now I can play it on the PS5 also. Way. Yeah, perfect. So that's that's something uh, that, that I imagine, yeah, you'll, of course you're looking forward to that. I'm, I'm um, extremely looking forward to that. <laughs> I am very disappointed though because someone incorrectly um on twitter said that it was kenzen first and mm. i was like fuck yeah kenzen and then yeah. it, it it wasn't it was ishin which is great because i haven't played it but is kenzen psp one or no, no kenzen is the ps3 one it's the one set in feudal japan like both of them are but they're both of them set in different periods um oh right yes it's, yeah there's another one to release there is one, this one yeah but the other one is, is the is the first one, and so oh. them not releasing that one probably tells me that that one's never going to get released. Yeah. Which is otherwise you might expect like a double pack or something. That would have been my thoughts. And someone in, yeah. someone said first of all that it was Kenzan, and then I saw Ishin. I was like, "Fuck yeah, both of them, yes." And that Ishin makes sense having not played Kenzan. Yes, it's completely different stories. Yeah, um, yeah. That's how they, I guess, they've justified releasing that because it's a newer game. I yeah, suppose. and also like is it is it the better game? Do you know? I've heard good things. I really like mm. Kenzan though. Like so, I, I it's one of my favorite Yakuza games. So I I find it hard to classify it. Like the only so, reason I haven't played more of Ishin, it felt really mm. good. It felt like a more modern version of Yakuza because obviously modern the, but not modern. Yeah, but I mean at the time it yeah. felt like it felt like Yakuza four and five. It felt like a lot of the free flowing combat, a lot of like the crazy stuff that you could get into playing those characters in those games when you had the choice between 
like Kiryu's yeah. dragon style, which is more heavy, and uh, Majima's really fast moves and that kind of stuff. You could do that in Ishin, and I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is kind of cool. The only reason I never completed that game was because the Ryuga Gotoku FT... Yeah, it's just FT, I think, is the name of the website. The people that did the fan translations and guides never did the full walkthrough for Ishin. They start because ah, they'd see. heard rumours that it was going to come out and be localised even back like four or five years ago. And so they said, well, we're going to do the Like a Tiger games, which are the PSP ones, which have never come out in English and probably never will because they're not by the same team. Right. I was going to ask um, about the characters in Ishin. Is it the same characters we've seen in the Yakuza series, just like with different names? Are they the same char- characters? Yes, they they are and they aren't. So what they do in Kenzen and what they do in Ishin is... Um, Ancestors Ken- of the characters? No, we- no, 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 no. Essentially, they take, or at least Kenzen does, they take historical Japanese figures. And so... Um, you're playing as Musashi, who's like a legendary Japanese samurai in Kenzen. Mm. And like, obviously, it's just Kiryu as this character. Mm. And then all of the people from the tales of uh, Mario Musashi... Not Mario. I, I can't remember his name. But I remember the surname is Musashi of the samurai. But um, mm. he's very famous. He, he's a historical picture mm. of legend. So he wrote legend of Ki- he's, he's Kiryu like a in legend. cosplay. Acting. It's like, it's like they're acting in a film. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Which is cool. I like that a lot. <laughs> and I mean, that was that was something that they were talking about with like Dead Souls when that came out. Mm. They were just like, oh, this is like an action movie as if they were the stars in an action movie in that world. And I think that's really cool. Mm. It's fun. Yes. Uh, very nice. Well, we'll look forward to that one. I can't, I'm trying to think of anything else that really caught my attention. Uh, Nintendo Direct, not so much. I suppose because of the heavy um, focus on RPGs and farming games. <laughs> yeah. There are games I want to get, but there's not anything particular I can think of that really. I'm, I want to get that Pac Man World um, remaster. I want to get the JoJo re release. Yeah. Uh, those two spring to mind currently. Uh, there's uh, Gungrave is back. Did you know that? I did not know Gungrave was back. Okay, it's a PS5 exciting. Gungrave game coming out uh, before cool. the end of the year. Yeah, I like Gungrave. Um, this project, well, prom- formerly known as Project Eve game, oh. Stellar Blade looks interesting. Stellar Blade. Thank you for reminding me. That looked cool. I think I could get into that. Yeah. I mean, also Tom Parry, Tekken, fucking eight. And yeah, we only <laughs> talked about it before the show. I immediately said it. What do you think was a standout from the uh, state of play? Oh, Tekken 8. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I mean, to be fair to you, looking at this list, because it is called Revealing Like a Dragonition, I didn't even remember that it was No, a no, so, so Tekken 8 looked phenomenal. I mean, that was all in engine, apparently. So to think that we'd get up to this point with, with graphics in a Tekken game, it's like, I, I remember when Tekken Tag was like, wow, compared to Tekken 3. Even though that was a good-looking game for its time, Tekken Tag was like, whoa. And now to see this is pretty amazing. I mean, it, it looks nuts. Like, I'm just looking it, it does look nice. I mean, it's going to play like Tekken. It's going to look really nice. That's all we need, isn't it? I mean, yeah, but like, I just look at it. It almost feels like they're just like, well, we've got all this horsepower. 
we've been mm. running these games since the PS1. The movement yeah. and like how it plays is still going to be relatively similar. Mm. Let's just throw a load of lightning in there. Let's Rain. just have some water just... bounce off the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like tech demo territory, isn't it? It's sort of like, what can we do to make this look even more impressive to throw a load of rain and lightning at it? Uh, but that's it looked cool. I'm actually very intrigued for Street Fighter Six. I don't know if that had a, a moment in the state of play. I don't think it did. That, no, but that it has didn't. had a lot of um, focus lately in the in the media. Uh, there's lots of stuff been released. Uh, they've said more about the sort of open world uh, element of the game. Open I, world element? Is that create your own create your own character and and, and uh, travel around? I think Metro City, uh, uh, having fights with uh, other players. So it's Yakuza now? I don't think quite like Yakuza. I'd have to watch them more in depth, but it it's just one element of the game. You know, Obviously, there's still the regular arcade-style online, but there's also this open-world... I'm hub. not going like to lie to you. World, if you're I running think. around a big open world and then at points you'll run into people in the street like Ken yeah, will clock it, you well, and he'll go into a side-on side fighting game, I think yeah. I'd be into that. That sounds really cool. I don't know if it slips into a traditional match or it's more... I know you use like special moves to get around the world, so you can. Uh... Oh, that sounds weird. Okay, no, I'm not interested <laughs> anymore. If I need to do a fucking helicopter kick to like you travel do. over the. Oh, yes, no. uh, yes, that, that's part of the, the the trailer. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so strange. I don't know if I'm it, into that. Looks good though. I mean, the stylistically, I think uh, it's a nice looking game. So that's another thing that I'm looking forward to but the, i'm looking forward to things that i know i'll like i suppose as is uh, everyone the, tom don't worry about well the it. obvious stuff you know i should uh i think i'd like to play stray did you play stray i know I it's already play out stray yet. okay um it's because i've been debating upgrading to the the playstation um yeah platinum tier thing to get it yeah. and it's free as part of that so that's the only reason i think i, I could it. enjoy stray um i've actually been playing sonic Colors Ultimate recently. Okay. I'm trying to finish that. I never finished it on Wii, believe it or not. Really? It Did some... you never put oh, no, of all the some... time we've been doing this podcast? You've never su- you've never sung the praises, I think, of any Sonic game more, bar probably Sonic Two than Sonic Colors. You always talk really? about how good did, Sonic did Colors is. Yeah. Did I? So oh. much so that I've bought a copy of Sonic Colors because like you were like, Oh, Sonic Colors is really good. It's 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 really good. For the most part, but it has some very frustrating elements and some very questionable level design in places. So a Sonic uh, game, then? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It feels great momentarily. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's moments and sections of nearly every level that are really fun and then moments that are frustrating and not much fun. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those good moments are fairly consistent throughout the game, so... Uh, it, it's not a bad game by any means. I think this remaster is probably the way to play it, to be fair. I mean, I remember everything's just a lot sharper and clearer, isn't it? I mean, you yeah. might as well if you yeah, if you have access to it to play it, the new one. I hear the, there were some issues with the Switch version at launch, but I think a lot of those problems have been li- ironed out. The, I don't think the frame rate's as good as it could be on Switch and neither are the load times. But uh, I've been playing it on Xbox Series S, and yeah, that's really solid experience. Cool. But yeah, it doesn't sort of fix some of the game's 
<laughs> questionable uh, design choices. But it is, I would say it's a fun game. It can be very challenging in places. If you're not into platform games, then Sonic Colors is very challenging. Yeah. But then is, is that down to the bad level design or is that just like in some places it is, in some places it does have real challenge, other places it's like, this is just stupid, why am I having to I was going to say, is it like if you don't <laughs> like platform games or is it just bad level design? In the, okay, the how about like, this? If, yeah. if you haven't played a lot of subpar platform games and sort of adjusted to their subparness, then you might have struggle with Sonic Colors. Okay. I've so... played a lot of ropey platform games in my time, and because I've done that, I can accept more the moments of Sonic Colors that are a little bit awkward. How do the awkward moments compare to, say, you know, the sections where you don't have flood in Mario Sunshine? Well, you see, I just gave up on Sunshine when it got hard. Okay. So I, I can't recall uh, i think there's just something to about the way sonic stops at a point when he's jumping on platforms it switches to 2d uh occasionally and uh when you have to do like perfect jumps onto small platforms i could i find that can be really difficult it doesn't feel like sonic does in the 2d games or even yeah sonic mania yeah. so which does essentially feel like the old games. So, um, yeah, it's a little awkward in places, but I'd say it's a good platform game and definitely one of the more consistent, better 3D Sonic games. But I say Generations is superior to um, Colours okay. in every way. So I'm surprised that I've, I've, I've said so much good stuff about Colours. It is a good game, but Generations is a lot better. Maybe it was a good game at the time in the you know the wake of like I think Sonic so. two thousand six and where uh, well yeah well they, this was it I think our, all our perceptions of Sonic Colors came from what had come before yeah because um, I think the Unleashed come around the same time or before I think probably before Colors before maybe yeah thinking about it yeah so Unleashed had some of the really cool elements in it but it. Colors perfected that to a point. Anyway, I want to hear about this game. Inscription, is it? Inscription. Encryption. 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 Yeah. Encryption. Inscription. Encryption. Encryption. Now you t- you mentioned this previously, but you've now uh, on on well, this is a few weeks ago, wasn't it? This is yeah, a card game for I mentioned PS4. it. Yes, exactly. It was originally released on Steam. Um, okay. And I had heard nothing but good things about it on Steam. Like, I remember it being mentioned in several Game of the Year podcasts I listened to last year. And I was like, oh man, I really wish I had a PC. As luck turns out, weirdly, this week I bought a PC. Um, I now have a PC because it was like 25 quid on sale in Belka. And I was like, the specs on this aren't bad. I'm going to get this. So whenever... Another indie darling comes out. I can just play it on the PC now, so that's nice. Don't get me wrong; it's not going to run Elden Ring, but like small indie games like this shouldn't be a problem, so that's nice. Okay. Um, yeah. So Inscription came out. I heard it was very good. Um, I had been told by mutual friend Mr. Kipling um, that I should play Cult of the Lamb, which is a roguelike slash. I didn't even know, just like management sim 
of like where you are a sheep and you are going into dungeons and doing roguelike stuff but then you're also you have a cult of people and so you need to manage the cult and like grow the cult which is supposed to be quite cool i've heard nothing but good things um but while i was going to buy cult of the lamb i saw that inscription had come out and i was like should i buy cult of the lamb or inscription he's like you should buy inscription inscription is one of the best games i've ever played and i was like that's high praise okay let's see what this is about so Inscription um, is a game by a small studio uh, who worked previously on Pony Island, I think is the name of the game, which is one I've never played, but I've heard nothing but good things about. Um, as you've mentioned, Tom Parry, it is a rogue-like card game um, with more to it, but I don't really want to say what the more to it is, because I think that is spoiler territory now and so you think this is a game to go into blind because there's a little there's a little bit more to it than the roguelike can we say it's freaky it's a bit freaky yes i mean as as the crypt in the name Mm. suggests there's some there's some supernatural elements there's some weird stuff going on and i think that is the the crux of it i would also suggest now looking at the wikipedia page to not read the wikipedia page because it it gives away some spoilers um, but but the, I found the most fascinating thing about it that you were telling me was you're playing this card game, but then you can sort of move around in the environment you're playing the card game. Yes, in. you can. I yeah. don't, I don't you're in a room. That. Yeah, you're in you're in a room, and so you are playing this card game in a cabin. I'll explain the the basics of the card game first. So essentially, what you're doing is it's a roguelike card game. You have a small deck of starter cards, and you as you are playing this game you will it, it so it takes place on a table it is clearly like a tabletop game it is where you play your cards but also play your cards right between you playing your your cards right um oh shit i've forgotten what it is Sorry, um it's you threw me with your bruce signs, and i was gonna i was gonna say um something about prizes and i can't remember what it was because i got nice to see you to see you nice in my head there was another play your cards right thing that he used to say on the show anyways when you are between playing cards Tom, higher there is a lower (laughs) (laughs) how did the podcast end matt killed tom for doing too many bruce forsyth references i really felt like for the first time in this podcast i was in a whole history i was actually being irritating then I mean, it's almost. I mean, you can tell me if I am. I am consistently more irritating than than how I was just. I mean, to be fair, no more irritating than Bruce Forsyth was. Rest in peace, Bruce Forsyth, sir. Bruce Forsyth. I don't agree with Matt's opinion of Bruce Forsyth. National treasure. National treasure. Wonderful TV presenter. A real loss to the entertainment industry when when he passed away. I like. I liked play your cards right i like seeing bruce forsyth and stuff and then they would just they would pull him out and i was like oh just let him rest he's done his bit he doesn't need, <laughs> you don't need to see him tap dance he's 90 anyway that's a reference that's going to go out of any american listener said he's like he's like dick van dyke but actually british is probably the closest thing i can say for bruce forsyth he was a television presenter anyway inscription tom parry play a card game you play it on a table but between you playing these rogue-like matches of cards, a map is laid out on the table, and it has multiple branching paths, and you move a little figurine across it, 
and are essentially allowed to do a couple of things. So, depending on, obviously, because it is a roguelike, there is never the same thing every time. You can have the ability to draw a card. You can sacrifice a card to power up another one. There are campfires where you can put a card close to the campfire to improve some of its stats, but there's a risk-reward thing because everyone else around the campfire is hungry, so you need to be Mm. like, okay, I could put my wolf card near this fire. It's going to get an extra two attack. Or I could do it again and maybe get an extra two, but I might lose the card. There's a risk-reward element to it. There's also some other things in there, like there's a scientist who, if you have two of the same card, will combine the two cards into one card to make it doubly as powerful. Mm. There is lots of cool mechanics at play that essentially, by the time you are working through these maps, getting a bigger and stronger deck to eventually face a, your opponent across the table for you one-on-one at the end. Mm-hmm. That's like the the basis of like how the game moves and interacts. Generally speaking, you have cards and they have mainly two properties. You have attack and health. The same way that any other game, Pokemon, Magic, or whatever operates... And those stats of the cards are laid out. So it could be like three attack, two hearts, and then obviously those hearts were ticked down as they were attacked. What makes the game a little bit more in-depth than that is each card kind of has a property to it. So that could be flying, which is same as magic. It could be that the card, once it's destroyed, goes back into your hand. It could be that once the card is dead, it doesn't get destroyed. And you're like, okay, this is a thing. How you play the cards is based on sacrificing them. And so a lot of the more powerful cards is in a Pokemon card game. It would be like, okay, I need to evolve my Charmander into a Charmeleon, into a Charizard to play this powerful card. In Magic, you have to have enough land to play the card. If the cost is six, you need to have six land in front of you and tap those. In Inscription, everything or most most of the powerful cards are based on a blood cost and generally what that means is there's a you have a grid of 16 cards four in your playing field and then four across from you and then a longer reach for people to play cards generally what happens is you will have squirrel cards <laughs> bless you which are Sorry. which have a, co- a, a a just free to play but then you might have, for example, a grizzly bear card. And the three, the cost of playing the grizzly bear card is you need to kill three of your own cards and sacrifice those to like have enough blood to do that. There's like a, there's an element of like, well, do I throw away three cards to put out this one more powerful card, or do I keep three lesser cards and attack with those? The card mechanics are relatively simple. There is more stuff to it you can like i said you can have these different status effects and everything else but generally speaking even though that sounds like quite a lot once you're actually playing the game it's really intuitive it reminds me a lot of drafting magic cards i know you've never had that experience mm-hmm. but what you do in a draft for magic is essentially you sit around a table with a lot of people you all have three packs of cards and you you all take a card out of the pack and then you pass the pack along so you never you understand the basics of the game. You're never like locked into a specific deck, but you have some cards that are consistent throughout your playthroughs. Okay. 
where it starts to get a bit weird is, as you've mentioned, some of those cards talk to you. Some of those cards are clearly people or animals with souls. And they How are trying... do they, what voices do they use when they talk to you? Um, so they don't speak to you like people. Like there's um. a stoat card, and whenever you put it down, it goes me 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 me, kind of like um, banjo kazooie type speak. Oh, okay. But the the text of their card, where the name is, changes. So they're talking to you via their card text, which is kind of cool. Um, as you mentioned, you can get up from the desk, so you. If you press um, down on the on the analog stick, you step away from the desk. Is this at any time? At any time, yeah, between games when you're on the map. And oh, you can okay. just wander around this cabin, and there's stuff in the cabin, and there are puzzles to be solved. And what's the benefit of doing these puzzles, Matthew? For example, um, you might get better cards. There are There is a, a picture frame on a wall that shows... Um, specific card layouts and if you were to play your cards in that way you would get extra things as well it's it's all very weird there's all this like there's it feels like a game within a game hmm. and that's really interesting on top of the roguelike stuff the, the maps are essentially there are three bosses for you to overcome that all kind of make the fights against your opponent on the other side of the table who is just this ominous glowing pair of eyes and like a dark silhouette even mm. better is that he he puts on masks and so you either fight the like first boss is called the prospector and so he puts on this old prospector's mask with these weird teeth and so you see his eyes glowing behind the mask mm. and that boss fight has its own mechanic to it that once you've played it once you're like okay well he'll put a mule down on the board and you know if you kill the mule you'll get more cards in your hand that you can use and it it, it does more stuff like that like i said when you go to a scientist that combines your card it is your opponent across the board kind of acting like a dungeon master and putting on this scientist's mask and there's a trapper that will sell you pelts and he'll put on a trapper mask yeah. It it's really cool. It's got a it's got a very distinct vibe to it. It's very creepy and foreboding. And like I said, all of this stuff, like the the puzzles, the you getting up, you talking to your cards essentially, or them at least having trying to have a conversation with you, the player, is a really really weird, interesting thing. I think it's a really cool game. Something happened before I recorded this podcast that I won't talk about because I think it is spoiler territory. Maybe I'll get into it in a couple of weeks. Has made me go, fuck, this is a really cool and really interesting game in a way that I haven't felt like for a while. So, Yeah, I'm I, I'm intrigued. Uh, this is available now on PC and PS4 if you want to check it out. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And PS5. And PS5, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. It's a good game. Fantastic. I like Fantastic it a lot. Stuff. Like I said, there's a reason it won Game of the Year stuff. I'm only starting to scratch the surface of that. Like I said, I got I got to the cabin, um, for those of you who have played the game, and I I did the stuff you do there and the stuff that comes after. And so I'm I'm really excited to talk about that, but I won't for obvious reasons. So mm-hmm. it's a cool game. I really like it. Yeah. What have you been playing, for, Tom? 
very cool. Other than Sonic, Sonic Colors, I did actually uh, get get a brief go in Sonic Frontiers at the EGX the other day. Uh, so I can say a little something to that. I thought it felt good to play, really. Uh, different than uh, other Sonic games I've played. I was playing a tutorial, so obviously if you've seen footage of the game, it's got that Breath of the Wild flavour in the sense that it's an open world. A grassy open world. Now, that's not the only uh, biome. I hear this word used a lot lately within the game. But this is where the focus of all the gameplay footage seems to have been, for the most part. Um, Sonic's got uh, an emphasis on, um, I guess, fighting as well. It's a sort of like close combat fighting system. Yeah. Um, There's new moves, like this uh, thing where he runs around... Uh, characters and traps them within them, sort of like a, what do you say, an, an area, like a trail, and then you can defeat them like that. What I took away from it mostly was the fact that this is fun to play. Okay. This is a little bit different, and there was nothing really in what I played that made me think, oh, this is a, not going to be so good because as i say i know there's been some concerns around this game because i think the the major concern was it looked a little bland say the world was very empty but it's the sort of joy of movement through the world i think is the um the real draw of sonic frontiers controlling sonic is fun so and there's a lot of like ways you can move through the world Sonic learns moves. He's got this whole sort of leveling up skill tree system. So it's there's a stamina meter as well. It takes a lot of inspiration from Breath of the Wild. Well, at the same time, doing its own thing with it. Yeah. Enemies aren't what you expect. There's a real sort of like eeriness to the world that you're sort of trapped in. You've sort of been transported to this strange place where you've got these robot-esque looking enemies that look like from their ancient civilization, but robotic. It's sort of weird. Otherworldly alien okay. creatures um, that you're fighting against. I, th- I think, obviously, the this all this will get sort of explained as you go through the game, but there is a bit of a sense of mystery in terms of uh, what's going on. I didn't play the game as long as many who who have spoken about the game elsewhere in, in media online, but uh, it was a good first impression. I'd have to play a little bit more of it to make a proper judgment, and I look forward to doing that uh, when the game comes out in November, November the eighth. November the eighth. Not long yes. now, then we're almost in October. Yeah, not too long until we get to play Sonic Frontiers. I only know that. Uh, the reactions of the people around me who were playing it, the other fans who were queuing to play it, were very strong. That they, they, they felt that it was a very good game. They were really happy with the way it, what they played. I think the demo lasted about fifteen minutes, um, so it is really difficult to say if there's going to be any sort of issues with the game um, outside of that fifteen minutes that people got to play. Yeah, who knows? But what's there? It's been received very well. Good. So that, that's that's promising. You know, it's good to ha- get it kind of excited about a new Sonic game, and I think it benefits it that it's a little bit different than what's come before because that that makes it a unique prospect to play. I mean, is the Sonic game that I've been the most interested in playing? Like, mm. 
So I, I'll wait it's, and see. And yeah, it's too early to say whether it's going to be super good, but it is a lot better than people expected. So I mean, at least you nice don't have surprise. the same impression that you did playing Balin Wonderworld's demo, is my takeaway from oh, this. Oh, yeah, I, well, I sadly played it on the Switch first, so that wasn't the best platform to play it on. Now, the versions that were being demoed at EGX were running on a PC, so there was no issues that I'm aware of in terms of how the frame rate or graphical issues or anything like that. There may have been had I played more of the demo. Yeah. But what I played was was solid. I would wonder how the game is going to play on Switch because obviously it's significantly less powerful than what we were playing it on at the event. So um, we'll see on that one. Battling Wonderland does play Wonderworld. Wonderworld, yeah. It, it does play better on a PS5. Than even a PS4 as well. So, I almost if you bought... ever did want to play it, it's weird, but it's optimal on PS5. I almost PS4 bought... even have issues. I almost bought it on PS5. It was um, yeah. It was like forty kroner, and I was like, "Well, oh. it's upgradable on forty kroner." It's forty kroner, yeah. It was in a bargain bin in Boca, and I was like, "No, yeah. I don't know if I'm." I have play the, this. I have it on PS4. I just you know when you put it in PS5, you can upgrade it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it it I think it might it's a more unique, exciting prospect than Ballet Wonderworld. I don't hate Ballet Wonderworld, but I did get up to a point where I did stop playing it. I'm afraid, and and that was down to some bad level design, I would say, that that was preventing me having fun with it. Sonic Colors or Ballet Wonderworld? Sonic Colors. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a better game all round. I'm I'm afraid to say, although I do appreciate um, the imagination in Ban and Wonderworld, and there's some really weird stuff in that game, you yeah. know, that is appealing to me. <laughs> yeah, the the musical numbers when you complete a when you beat a boss are are very entertaining. You did say. Hmm. Um. I haven't played much else really, apart from Fortnite, but that goes without saying. Hmm. Uh, I did. Well, I did actually play Predator Hunting Grounds briefly. Okay. Which is interesting. Uh, you play as a team, and you've got objectives. I mean, I was playing this team of three people, and then the fourth person is the Predator. Yeah. So as a team of three, like Marines, you're going through uh, a level, doing different objectives, like find this radio. Uh, uh, transmit this signal from the radio, then go somewhere else and do this and do that, and then get to the chopper. Yeah. Of course. But while you're doing that, and there are other sort of gorilla uh, enemies, not as in gorillas, but, you know, soldiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, who are in the, who you're invading their camps and stuff, and they're trying to shoot you. And the shooting itself feels nice, I would say. It, it's, it feels really good, solid uh, first person shooter. But then at a certain point, you're going to have to contend with the Predator, the fourth player, who can do what Predators can do. Uh, for example, Cloak, you know, who's yeah. uh, turned invisible. And uh, they're quite a formidable opponent. So your idea is just to do the mission, do the objectives, get to the chopper without getting killed. Yeah. And the Predator's character is going to make that pretty hard for you. It's a simple game. It plays well. It didn't make me feel like I wanted to play this anymore. Yeah, that... <laughs> it's a shame because simple 
It works. I believe it's from the team who originally worked on Evolve and then worked right. on the Friday the 13th game. Okay. Yeah, it's so, well made. Yeah, it's... um, But it's just there's not a lot there that would make me want to say I need to play this regularly or anything like that. Does Does anyone scream get to the chopper or if it bleeds we can kill it? Are those lines said at all? Uh, actually, there is quite... I think they've taken a, a leaf out of the, 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 the film there and a lot of the character dialogue is entertaining and hammy and okay. funny. And okay. uh, yeah, so it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's based on a fairly over-the-top '80s action film, anyway. So. Yeah, and like you tell you saying like that there are guerrilla mercenaries and stuff makes yeah. it firmly planted in that first one rather than yeah, yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. It's it's the first Predator from what I've played at least. Okay, well, I, I maybe I'd give it a go. Is it free? It's free on PlayStation Plus. I think it was uh, a free game a fair while ago now. I probably uh, have it then. I probably just yeah. Never you it. most likely have it in your library if you've had PlayStation Plus for some time. Yeah, I'll give it a go. If it bleeds, Tom, we can kill it. <laughs> but thinking about it, I played a bit more Pokemon Arceus. Um, I enjoy coming back to that game every now and again. I like the atmosphere in there. I like uh, the, the yeah being in that world, catching those Pokemon. But I really enjoy working through the um, story stuff. And fighting the bosses, which yeah. for the first time in a Pokemon game, since for as long as I can remember, I actually feel challenged by it. So <laughs> um, the boss battles are do get particularly challenging the further they you do. progress in the game. Yeah, yeah. you've played it, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I've beaten it. Yeah, I, I think it's a great game. I thought that Electro uh, boss battle was, was quite hard. I had to replay that several times. Yeah. I agree. Um, but yeah, it's probably funny to you that I'm still playing this after all this time and I haven't completed it yet. I mean, well, to be fair, like the only reason I completed it is because I had COVID and I was locked in a room with very little <laughs> else to do. So It says this is actually the second to last um, boss battle. There's one more to face after this. Yeah. And I can't say I've been playing it that long. I mean, it's not really that long a game. I think there's only mm. four or five areas. So... Mm. Uh, it is telling me now, though, in order to fight this next boss, that I will need to catch more Pokemon and get like a five rank, yeah, or something. It seems mm-hmm. like there's ten ranks, so it seems outside the boss battles. Uh, sorry, <laughs> the boss battles. There is a lot more to do before you actually finish the game. So yes, there is. I mean, obviously, right. there, there's there's some hidden stuff too. There's some cool things. I don't want right. to spoil it for you. It's a good okay, game. play more. Yeah. Yeah, very good. And I, I noticed that Netflix has now got a new Pokemon anime that is uh, surrounding the Arceus world, the, the Sinnoh region. It does, yeah. Um, yeah. It also has a new anime that is surrounding the cyberpunk. Yes, which I'm very interested in checking out. Have you not actually. checked it out yet? No. I watched the first episode. Mm, it's uh, Studio Trigger. Isn't it is it? Studio Trigger, anime. yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty good. I, I enjoyed the first episode. Um, well, I am in, in the cyberpunk world, very much so, having played a fair amount of that game. Some of the animation, I, I think you will appreciate. It is mm. definitely studio trigger firing on all cylinders. Um, there's some really cool stuff I'm sure you've seen in the trailer, like the fast-moving mm. things where characters kind of like silhouette in multicolors and yeah. stuff. It's 
yeah, it's pretty cool. There's, it's, yeah, it's definitely got a lot of style. I think it dials up what is there in that game to a high level. And cool. uh, from what I've seen so far, perhaps the story is a bit more interesting than the video game. So. I know. I like. I like the, the video game story. I have to say. Yeah. You've you've played the first portion of the game, haven't I you? Have, you meet yeah. uh, Johnny uh, Silverhand. Is that right? I didn't get up to Johnny Silverhands. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I. I'll go back and play it at some point. Like I have yeah. it. I opened the wrapping. I installed it on the PS5. Just the thing is, right? If I play a video game now, right now it is either Inscription or it is Fortnite. Those mm. are those are the two games I'm playing. Like I said, I bought a copy of Live Alive when I was in Hungary. Um, so I have that. I also bought a copy of Yokai Watch Three um, for the 3DS, which is a particularly rare game. And I was like, "Fuck yeah, Yokai Watch Three because I like the oh, Yokai yeah. Watch games. But in um, terms of yeah, sorry, Matt. Yeah, welcome. In terms of what? You no, know, you you just reminded me. I picked up a couple of games recently. I was in um, Maidenhead, which isn't a particularly interesting town. No, uh, <laughs> to be fair, a lot of charity shops. Uh, I imagine there's stuff surrounding it, but having just travelled there by train, not having a car, uh, we only really uh, took in the town. They did have a CEX. That was the most exciting shop there yeah. for me. And I picked up a copy of Streets of Rage for the Master System. Oh, nice. I don't even have that. No, um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's great to have a Streets of Rage game on the Mass System. It plays very well. I I was very happy as a kid with the Mass System. I felt like I could get a lot of my, you know, these top-tier gaming experiences on my console, despite not having a Mega Drive, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's that's interesting about the Mass System compared to the NES. Of course, fantastic games, but in terms of graphics not comparable to super nintendo in any way no, whereas course. the mass system always felt to me like it was slightly more comparable to the mega drive uh than the nes is to the um super nintendo it's because i think the super nintendo stuff looks a lot better than the mega drive stuff anyways mm, um yeah, that's a fine opinion anyway yeah. it's really good uh if you ever get find it for reasonable price i paid 22 pounds for, for it for a box so. copy box copy no manual no, but, that's always uh, the case a, with master system it's a very clean copy of the game. Uh, it comes with the most mint condition uh, game catalogue I've ever seen. And Master System games always yeah. come with that catalogue mm-hmm. of games. And also, strangely enough, some sort of warranty card, which I've never seen in a Master System game before. I wonder if, the, because this was a later release, um, I, I'll yeah. just, one second. Pick it up, Tom Parry, because I'm curious to see. I'm just going towards my copy now. If you flick it over, Tom, does it have a sticker on it? Well, it has that sticker. No, um, on the barcode specifically. No, it doesn't have a sticker. Ah, okay, because I was going to say, if it did, it would be an American release, which would mean it was very expensive. But it... Oh, it's an epilepsy warning. Yeah, it comes with an epilepsy warning, which I've never had in any Mass System game. I've never had in any game other than at the start of some stuff. Wow, weird. Yeah, it says warning read before using your Sega video game system epilepsy warning. I wonder if Sega got sued over epilepsy in Europe then. I wonder if this was maybe originally in the console box or something and someone's put it in here. I don't know. But the the catalogue is particularly good condition in this one. And yeah, no manual, but... I was looking at copies and £22 and no manual seems to be sort of a going rate on it. I think you can get it cheaper if you, you know, snag a bargain on eBay. But I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to go for it. 
Um, and you know, the main thing is the game. Yeah. Uh, which is very fun. It's cool. Street of Rage Two also came out in the Master System, but that is a, a spicy meatball. That's a very. That is very game. expensive. I also got um, Demolition Man. On the 3DO, not from CX, I got that on eBay. But okay. it's, it's a game I remember fondly from playing 3DO as a youngster. Yeah. And it had been one I'd been wanting to uh, add to the collection for a while. Sort of a very reasonable price. Yeah. For a, yeah. So so pick that up too. Fair enough. As I said though, my 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 3DS, not 3DO pickup of Yokai Watch, was unfortunately spoiled, Tom, because they didn't have the cartridge for Yokai Watch Three, only for Yokai Watch One. Oh, sorry. Oh, I, f- I interrupted your uh, flow then. Sorry. It's okay. I'm just tapping <laughs> off the story so people aren't left in suspense about why did. Oh, now I'm really disappointed for you. Oh. It's okay. I got it. I got it. I was so excited. I was like, fuck, this is a copy of Yokai Watch 3 for a fiver because it's a very pricey game. And um, yeah, it wasn't a copy of Yokai Watch because apparently someone in the store must have sold a copy of Yokai Watch 1 with Yokai Watch 3 in it. So. Oh. I've I've had it. It's a it's a small store in my wife's hometown. I've had issues with some of the stuff there before, so I always check the games now, and I'm like, ah! Yeah. They did yeah. have a very nice one piece bag, though, that I almost bought, but I didn't. How do you feel about the new One Piece RPG? I'm going to play it. I probably won't like it. I've, no. I've come to the conclusion I'm just not going to like any One Piece games. I just Well, I did hear some uh, first impressions mm-hmm. um, on YouTube. Uh, someone who played it at... Was it PAX? Is it One Gamescom as well, I think? Is it Gamescom? And they were quite underwhelmed. So it looked pretty great, but as a game it felt very generic, I think. We'll see. I just don't. I just honestly like generally as a rule, the stuff Bandai Namco makes themselves, especially on their Band Presto label, is not very good. Hmm. They they're very see, good. I, I I have a lot of Bandai Namco games, and I do tend to pick up a lot of them, and I'm rarely disappointed by them. But I think they're very good at what they do. I think they can make like Musha games. I think they can make like they have studios. Obviously, like they publish the. The stuff from From Software, they publish the Tales series games that I can't remember the name of the studio. Like, they do have good studios, but I think whenever they try to go outside of their comfort zone and try something new, which is what they're trying to do here, they generally feel a bit underwhelming compared to other okay. games, in my opinion. Well, sadly, RPGs aren't my genre, so I might not be picking up this new One Piece game. I'll see how but... it is. If it rates very yeah. well, if people talk very highly about it, I might get it, but otherwise I'll just pick it up out of the library. So, I, yeah. that's an option One Piece for me, Odyssey, is it called? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Anyways. Right then, Tom Perry, this wrap-up has been an hour, um, and the sun is shining here, so I'm going to make the most of that. I'm not going to play more Inscription as much as I want to. I will put out a biographic later, though, so look forward to that. Um, on a oh. Japanese exclusive game based on a brand of chips from Japan uh, I mean I'm, chips as in like crisps not I'm setting up my notifications now exactly you should do that Tom <laughs> Barry because it'll be very exciting it's a weird game it's kind of cool um, I bought a Game Boy Color sequel as well um, and uh, that's not so good anyways um, thank you as always everybody for listening um, nice to see you to see you nice and all of that and uh, 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 thank you for... If you play your cards right, we might be back next week. Oh! <laughs> I want to make... I, I mean, we will be back next week. I'll, <laughs> I'll be around at least. Um, I'm not planning on gallivanting anywhere. 
are you Tom Parry before we make that promise? I think think I'll be free, but I'll I'll let you know. Good. Okay, so we might be back next week. We might not. Let's see. (laughs) Um, If you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, you can find us in a variety of places, such as on facebook.com, on Twitter, at TMACast, at Gimball for me, at Tom Parry 11 for him. You can find us on blastprocess.com, TomMattAttack.com, forward slash podcast we're also on itunes stitcher and spotify while you're there give us cheeky rate subscribe etc etc tom parry always a pleasure mate i'll speak to you always a pleasure Matthew. maybe next week but maybe not but until then everybody be sure as always to game on game on game on